<laughs> What's up and welcome to another MoGraph MoCast. I'm Dave. And I'm Matt. And joining us today is the super talented Steffi Fung. Hi, guys. And MoGraph is a supplement to our site, MoGraph.com, which is a motion graphics tutorial site with tutorials, plugins, podcasts, and other MoGraph stuff. And on the show, we talk about everything ranging from motion graphics to Cinema 4D, After Effects, plugins, render engines, doing business, doing taxes, being a contractor, or working for the man. You can email us, info at MoGraph.com. Let us know what you think about the show, questions, comments, concerns, queries, grievances, artist suggestions, show topic ideas. We are on the interwebs on the MoGraph.coms. And the YouTubes, yep. if you uh, yep. want to check us out on there, send us uh, send us your suggestions. We want to know what you want to hear on the show. We want to know what you are having issues with. If you are like trying to build something, trying to do something mm -hmm. technically, we want to know what struggles you're having. If you are, mm -hmm. uh, you know, working for the man or being a contractor or whatever that is, like, what are the issues that face you right now as a as a designer, as an artist? Send us your questions. Info at mograph dot com. Uh, Nothing really too noob. Nothing too noob. No, you're what no, you're saying no. is no. I'm saying yeah, you yeah. can't send us anything <laughs> that you think is too noob. It, yes. we'll, we'll answer it anyway. Yeah, and there send is us everything. no noob question. <laughs> there He's is not no saying noob question. don't send us noob questions. <laughs> yeah, uh, send us the noob questions because it's probably yes. the only thing we can answer. So right, more than likely, yes. You know, I think that's that's fair. Um, yes. And then um, as far as the week wrap up, real quick, there's not too much going on. Summer, you know, people did some Rococo to, stuff. Yeah, so uh, it, it's it's May. People are trying to graduate, and you know, yeah. kids are finishing school and whatnot. But yeah, we did some uh, Rococo stuff this week. Jags was in town. Mm -hmm. um, still is. He, he still is in town. He's in the other room. <laughs> he's in the in, other in room. Your yeah. other room. Hi, Jags. Yep. Last week he was here. Now he's there. Uh, <laughs> we had a lot of fun. We we hung out. We um, hung with Dallas designers a little bit had a little barbecue yeah. action um unfortunately <laughs> sam couldn't make it from rococo so um you know we we spent a day kind of getting familiar with the suits which was mm -hmm. nice figuring out the wi-fi setup how you could you know all that and i gotta say after you figure out the little things that you have to do to get the thing working it does work pretty well it's pretty solid yeah you know yeah I, I especially in comparison to the first gen one that i've seen I've seen some people have some major issues with the first gen. The second gen is what we got, and it it seemed pretty good. Yeah, it seemed pretty good. So so now that we've done that, um, Jags has been you know videoing and all that. VJ says, "How can I get a notification?" Last time I actually messaged you on something and asked you if you were around this mm, weekend. That's so, all your fault, dude. Sorry. <laughs> um, so um, yeah, uh, it it was fun, and, and Jags is going to have a whole like video he does on it and everything, mm -hmm. and I'm sure we're going to be posting experiments, and you mm -hmm. know we we got a lot of fun like um, just random clips of us doing silly things, yeah, you know. So we'll see where that goes. But here's the deal: once we get these characters rigged and mm -hmm. actually working, we're going to need some some digital clothing. For these yes. characters, <laughs> which leads us into our interview today, because we are going to talk all about uh, digital fashion. What's the what is the proper term? It is as you said it, digital fashion. Okay, cool. There's no other glamorous way to describe it. Well, that's good. See, I'm noob to this whole yeah. thing, and uh, I mean it's kind of a it's kind of a new thing in general when you think about it. So um, I'm ready to learn all about how to do this because my experience with digital clothing is opening marvelous designer for about 15 minutes that's yeah. about it 
<laughs> yep. Um, but let's start trying at the to be- figure out a tutorial and then right. seeing that all the tutorials are five years old and you're like, yeah. this UI looks do. different. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Hey, this is Dave. I just wanted to stop for a moment and thank our sponsor, Otoy, the creators of Render Network and, of course, Octane. But I don't have to tell you that. You know who they are. You see the results of their render engine all over the interwebs. And we're very grateful that they're supporting what we're doing at MoGraph.com from this podcast to MoGraph TV to events like local meetups and Camp MoGraph and all our community building efforts. We can't wait to show you what's in store, all thanks to their support. Go check them out at Otoy.com. Now back to the madness. Um, so let's start at the beginning, though, and and introduce you or introduce yourself to everybody, and um, you know, give everybody an idea of of who you are and what you do uh, in general. Sure. I guess. Okay. Well, I'm Steffi Fun. Thank you for having me on here. I am a 3D digital fashion artist, which, of course, two years ago I would not believe I'd be saying something like that for sure. <laughs> so. I guess uh, just a small bit about my background. I studied graphic design, moved into motion design, as many people do, and then now mm-hmm. doing digital fashion. So it's been my journey has been not linear for sure. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I, I so I spoke at my wife's uh, uh, my wife's school for technology, and you know uh, last week. And uh, I had to speak to a bunch of graphic designers, and they're like, and my wife was like, "Do you think will this translate?" And I said, "Oh yeah, graphic." I always say that three D motion designers, uh, uh, the best ones, come from a graphic design background. You know, and it's so common, right? <clears throat> mm-hmm. Very, yeah, yeah. It's like I want to make I want to make this title move, right? <laughs> That's the part that I found more exciting because yeah, studying graphic design, I I was not excited by poster creation or editorial mm-hmm. publications mm-hmm. the exciting part for me was when it animated so i think you know i probably saw grayscale gorilla at the time and mm-hmm. i design and yeah i saw their t- youtube tutorials and i was like wow how do i do that and then i just started learning and mm-hmm. i would say a lot of my technical skills that i've learned for my career now I did not learn it from university. Yeah. I learned it from YouTube. Honestly, Same. YouTube is literally mm-hmm. my my go-to. YouTube University, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what kind of got you into this? Like, was there a, one moment in uh, specifically, like, um, obvious? Well, I um, would say obviously, but maybe not obviously. I I figure you were in 3D before you got to the 3D clothing, right? Yes, so, that's so right. what were you? What were your? Um, what was your intro into three D in general from graphic design? Like, what really sparked that interest? Uh, well, for me, I think growing up as a kid, I was really infatuated or really inspired by Pixar, Disney, Ghibli. I love animation. I love the storytelling aspect. So, I think that's the reason why um, I was more drawn to animation and three D motion design. But for digital fashion, it wasn't ever a time where I was like, yeah, digital fashion or just like fashion in general, that's mm-hmm. what I want to do. I kind of mm-hmm. just fell into it. And the first project that got me introduced to digital fashion was one that I worked on in a collective called DigiGal. So D-I-G-I dot G-X-L. They are a collective or community for female or LGBTQ plus led 3D artists. And the 3D artists in there, they 
they did fashion, they did AR, VR, you name it, anything to do with that realm. So I think for me joining that group, um, because it was just a place for me to be able to relate to a lot of other 3D artists who are, I would say, the minority for sure. And so we as a collective grew, I think this was must have been like 2019. Mm-hmm. And uh, we uh, got a lot of opportunities thrown at us for sure as a collective. And one of them was to create a collection, a digital fashion collection for uh, this luxury retail store called Selfridges in London. Mm-hmm. And they reached out to DigiGirl to, to create some. I, I believe it was maybe six or seven, six or seven outfits. And so they kind of put out a, uh, a board asking if anyone who wants to apply for this opportunity and I decided to go for it. Now at that time, I did not know digital fashion. I was there to do texturing, camera animation, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, lighting. Um, so that was my job. There was at least three of us 3D artists creating the environment for these digital garments to live in. And then I got to meet the other two, or I got to see the other two uh, digital fashion artists and see their work. And they were working in Clove 3D, I believe, or Marvelous Designer. And mm-hmm. I just looked at their file with question marks. I was like, what <laughs> is this? How did you do this? And then whilst working on that, project i realized how compatible our 3d skills is like if you guys know 3d you're already halfway there Mm -hmm. it's more so if you guys are interested in digital fashion you got to learn of course like fashion terms how to actually Mm -hmm. like how they do it in real life like cut patterns and how they sew things together so that's the only missing knowledge i would say but if you got 3d knowledge you know how to think in 3d you know how to texture do lighting Mm -hmm. and animate and you know yeah you, you got that down, so it's actually not a far jump to learn digital fashion. That was going to be my next question, too, was the actual fashion side of it. It's like it's not enough just to learn Marvelous if, if you don't know anything about fashion. So so where does that come from? And, and I guess how much of it do you need to know? Is it dependent on the client? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean... I still have a huge imposter syndrome when it comes to fashion. I don't have a fashion background. As I said, I've got a graphic design background, which is right. it's still pretty useful. But I think if you guys are interested in learning how to make clothes, you don't necessarily need to know a lot of mm-hmm. fashion before starting. I would say, as I said, um, I've learned everything from YouTube, and that's pretty much how I've slowly built up my fashion knowledge i think now i'm at the point where i can start looking at fashion books and actually looking at how they apply it in real life and Mm -hmm. then turn that take that knowledge and then now apply that to my 3d so i would say no you don't need a lot of fashion knowledge but of course with anything you just slowly build it up and you you will get to learn it as you do the job Mm -hmm. how do you how okay how would somebody listening right now who's never touched any of it before um, Mm -hmm. how would they get into it and what would you recommend that they use like um even you know software wise and um and and then like what simple patterns could they start out with to try and learn yeah yeah for sure i mean the question that i get asked the most is should i use marvelous designer or should i use clo 3d and i'm Mm -hmm. like in my opinion, I think they are very similar, very the same, but mm-hmm. they do have different use cases. So I think if you are a 3D artist and 
your garments or if you're making pillows curtains bags if you're going to make those types of objects and they're only going to live in the digital realm like on screens mm -hmm. then marvelous designer is pretty much for you if you guys are thinking of potentially like if you've got a fashion mm -hmm. background and you want to in the future create all of these bags and garments and whatever it is these fabrics and then export it into real life right like physical garments mm -hmm. then Clo3D has the extra features that you are able to do that so it depends right. what realm you are working in and where your work is going to go into mm -hmm. is it called Clo3D that's right. C L O three D. Okay, I've never heard of it. The only the only things that I've heard of as far as like three D clothing is you know marvelous designer and then using vellum and Houdini and stuff like that. Right. You know. Sure. They're yeah. actually owned by the same company. I believe. Oh, interesting. Company, I believe. So, um, mm, I think until last <laughs> year they decided to change the look of marvelous designer because. The two programs really did look the same. Mm, they were very similar. But I would say Clo3D has more features. And especially if you come from a fashion background, they have an inbuilt in renderer in Clo3D. I think they use V-Ray. Oh. So okay. especially okay. for people who don't already have another 3D external renderer or they don't know how to use Blend or Cinema 4D, then Clo3D is like the whole package in one. That's cool. That's really cool. I think I have a little bit of like... I don't know what you call it like not really ptsd but kind of ptsd <laughs> because when anytime i try and work with clothing or, or not clothing but cloth in yes. general in any sort of 3d program i've had a lot of trouble you know things just not behaving correctly that's yeah. what it does yeah. matt's it does doing that. it does yeah that. matt's doing the motion it just <laughs> bleh, the polygons everywhere and so when i see like these clips on instagram mm. of you know, you, you take these patterns and you sew them together and and then you see it kind of like fluttering around and like, you know, um, um, just kind of relaxing onto yeah. the subject. I get that anxiety. Like, it, it, are there times you hit the button and the thing just freaks out or is, is it pretty stable? Uh, what you d just describe, it happens all the time. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> it still happens a lot of the time. And um, there are some certain techniques you have to look out for, mm -hmm. especially when it, what you just described is most likely when two fabrics or when two polygons are so close to each other that they decide to intersect each other. And when they decide to touch, then they just freak out and they just stop. Mm -hmm flapping everywhere which then causes your program to crash which mm -hmm. is never a good situation but <laughs> it does happen i mean yeah uh, limitations wise yes it does still happen in certain like i would say uh for my work where i usually grab an avatar and i have it walking in a walking cycle i have a lot of difficulties between um the sleeves where it hits the hips when the arms are swinging gotcha. yes because that is where the hands or where the fabric might intersect each other it's where it's most likely to do that so mm -hmm. that has always been been a pain point for me which is something i'm actively trying to work out like the best workflow for that but mm -hmm. yes it does happen and i yeah, <laughs> just well, that's put any sleeves, right? Just yeah. always go sleeveless. Right. Well, yes. I was gonna say that's a pain point when you're doing like just the capture in general. Like like this week we had the same thing. It's like the the hand is going through the body. 
you know, mm-hmm. so that's already a bad start. And then you try and like pull that out. But then you add that extra layer of, okay, now you have clothes on top of that. Now you got to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's, that's, uh, I can imagine that there's a lot of frustrating moments in general when when dealing with with that mm-hmm. kind of a thing. Yes, and especially if you're dealing with animation, the thing is in Clover, you're marvelous designer. You're dealing with simulations, and if you know mm-hmm. simulations, uh-huh. they are very unpredictable. So right. sometimes they work. You you wait for it to bake and do its thing, and and it works, and sometimes it doesn't. So gosh, I can imagine is- a lot of waiting, yeah. a lot of waiting. Yes, yes. Especially yeah. if you want to do anything intricate within mm-hmm. like the details of the garments or anything like that. What about like yes. sorry. No, I, so ahead. I was going to say so like um how how much do like okay, so clothes 3D and stuff like you know, you, you've probably got some big fashion designers I'm assuming using this stuff, you know? And like is there is there a point in which the the motion design world meets the 3D or the uh, fashion design world and they just kind of like you become really well known in the fashion industry you know what I'm saying oh I see what you're saying yeah if that makes sense yeah asking if if more 3D designers are going to be using this program well if he's saying are there going to be some 3D designers that start getting Uh, so good at doing this that they become popular in the fashion industry. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. oh, ah. she's motion graphics famous, but she's also fashion industry famous. Yeah. You know, that kind yeah. of thing. That's one of my goals. There you go. <laughs> All right. One of my goals. You know, it's something as in, I would love to start my own digital fashion brand, which is, as I said, I would have never imagined that would be one of my goals right. maybe a year ago or two years right. ago. But I think, you know, especially with 3D and digital fashion, they are 3D essentially, mm-hmm. okay? And there is a huge gap between digital fashion designers with a 3D background currently. Mm-hmm. There's not enough people that that does it, that understand 3D. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of trying to push and advocate for more 3D designers to come into this realm because it really is a, it's a new industry for one, but also along with the whole the hype of the metaverse and avatars that's happening. Mm-hmm. There's definitely going to be more jobs uh, and more fashion brands want more 3D artists who can create these digital fashion garments as well. Have you yeah, ever and- like worn one of the things that you designed like <laughs> in in real life? Not in real life. I've worn them digitally. I would yeah. love to wear them in real life one day. Yeah, I think that would be pretty satisfying to design something mm-hmm. like that and then be able to actually wear it um absolutely but yeah, when it before comes, the show yeah. before the show i was talking about the i was asking you about dress x because i had never heard of that before and it seems like that is a very uh a, a, an introduction to like the metaverse and like being able to buy and sell digital clothing that's a, that's crazy you know it's a thing and actually people are it's like it's happening now people are actually buying digital clothes to wear whether it's i think the use case now is like social media or like influencers mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. because they like to 
um, I suppose they tend to wear a lot of different clothes at a fast pace. So with right. digital fashion, you're able to iterate quickly. You're, you're able to create different kinds of clothes you can wear and wow. there will be a lot less waste. So there is quite mm -hmm. a good amount of, yeah, there's, there's a good reason to use digital fashion for that type of like, job, I suppose. How does that work with like movement and stuff? You know, like is it is it? Uh, I don't know how dress sex works in particular. You know, but I I would assume, you know, there's got to be some sort of like you export it out to a GLTF file and then it's some kind of does its own thing. You know, as far as like the simulation. Mm -hmm. So I suppose there's two ways of wearing digital fashion. The first mm -hmm. way is to upload a photo and then they will just like, I'm not quite sure if they use AR, if they will Photoshop it on top of you. Mm -hmm. So that, that's one way. The second way you're talking about motion. So that yeah. would be done by augmented reality filters, which mm -hmm. I would say Snap Lens, Snapchat is probably... Okay the best one at capturing a uh, body tracking and having mm -hmm. the movements as well. So I know, um, yeah, uh, Snapchat has really pioneered like the body tracking and digital fashion mm -hmm. wearing in yeah. that realm. I've seen a bunch of stuff that uh, Don Allen, Don Allen yeah. has done. Yeah. Yeah. With Snapchat and the full body tracking. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's pretty cool. He's really like, he's, he is leaning into that big time mm -hmm. right now. Like, like the tracking and then green screening and you know you you see his tests and stuff you it it is definitely in its infancy mm -hmm. um i i'm sure that you know all this tracking stuff in the next 10 years is just going to become you know second nature yeah insanely yeah. Yeah. good like mm -hmm. and, and it's going to match the lighting and it, you know the 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 more you get like faster phones and all of that you're going to have better processors and they can mm -hmm. process like all of this fabric movement in real time and 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 all of that um but you've got uh you've got some pictures actually um on your instagram so is this from um is this from dress x this one is a project that i did with heist nabiety and glenn Fiditch. so they reached out to me i think last year to create three different outfits based off of their uh whiskey brand and their alcohol well, brand I which I for whiskey huh yeah <laughs> so it was very interesting when i read that email i thought hold on <laughs> whiskey and digital fashion this doesn't make sense but you know what they are interested and they want to experiment and they put their trust in me to create something you know for them so mm -hmm. um it was a really interesting collaboration i created three different outfits based off their campaign and um, and then at the end, I got to, of course, wear them, as you can see on the screen. Yeah. And of course, we, at the end, uh, what I didn't know about Glenn Fiddich is that they give back to the art community every year. Hmm. And cool. this year, they decided to invest in digital fashion. So we got to sell these outfits, digital fashion outfits, as NFTs, and then Ooh. donate those proceeds to three different organizations, which I thought was like the cherry on the cake mm -hmm. because yeah. I would have never expected that from from them but um, yeah all in all it was a really really nice uh, really good project that's cool so let me ask you this after you know learning so much about this and actually learning how to do this digitally do you think you could do it physically <laughs> like With like actual sewing? actually like <laughs> sewing and stuff like that me doing it 
And have you tried? <laughs> maybe, but I think uh, I have the capability of sending maybe what I've created in Clo3D and send it straight to manufacturers. At least that cool. I know I'm able to do. So that's cool. I think what you guys discussed about would you ever want to wear your fashion? I feel I'm thinking yes, it would be nice. I'm already creating it now. Right. It wouldn't hurt to create maybe a custom few pieces for myself or even for my friends and family. That'd be amazing. That would be so amazing. Right. So as far as the the texturing and stuff, are you doing all the texturing for uh, all your pieces as well? Yes, yes. So I'm currently doing that via whether it's drawing on my iPad, some custom uh-huh. patterns or illustrations, and then I bring it into Illustrator or I go into Substance Painter and then I just bring it all in in Cinema 4D. Amazing. That's so cool. That's so cool. How how hard is the um, how hard is the the UVing and stuff like that mm-hmm. when bringing mm-hmm. it over from uh, uh, the 3D Marvelous Designer or, or Clo 3D bringing it into Cinema 4D? Like, do you have to unwrap and deal with that stuff? It's a dream compared to Cinema <laughs> 4D. Uh, really, really, it's. Because when you create your garment or curtain, pillow, whatever it is, it's you create it in 2D. And then, right. yeah. so that's already right. flat. That is mm-hmm. your UV map, essentially. Mm-hmm. And then you just organize yeah. it yeah. in 3D or Marvelous Designer, and it's already done. Yeah, no, no unwrapping needed. It's yeah. already just done for you. That's so cool. And does it easily translate over to Cinema 4D? Brings oh, yeah. in all the UVs and everything. Wow, that's crazy. That's so cool. Hi, my name is Sashia Dumont. I'm a writer, actor, and filmmaker. Hi, my name is Paul Robinson. I'm a director, DP, and filmmaker. We are the creators and hosts of the Go Gorilla Filmcast, an online source for all things indie film. We are a husband and wife film team and co-owners of Send3 Productions, and we started this podcast for filmmakers like ourselves who were producing on micro-budgets with Skeleton Crews. Go Gorilla is a weekly podcast that features various talents in TV, film, and web series productions. We've interviewed filmmaker powerhouses like Kestrin Pantera, Richard Raymond, Alex Ferrari, Cassandra Ebner, and Ryan Connolly. Amazing actors like Hannah Ward, Lou Taylor Pucci, Chris Wataski, and Eileen Gruba. Groundbreaking cinematographers like Jody Lee Lipes and Jessica Lee Gagne, and many more. We also offer weekly reviews of our favorite films and shows, which vary from low-budget first-time filmmakers to A-listers and everyone in between. Go Gorilla is proud to announce that we have officially joined the MoGraph Podcast Network. So if you love filmmaking as much as we do, tune in every Sunday for a new episode of the Go Gorilla Filmcast. Your, your source, source for, for all things indie film. film. Now available on the MoGraph Podcast Network. And then what do you do for, for rendering um, on these? Uh, for rendering. Um, for me, I always bring everything back to Cinema 4D um, mm-hmm. because with my work, I create the 3D garment in Clo3D and then I like to tell a story in a 3D environment. So mm-hmm. the 3D environment, of course, made in Cinema 4D and then I use Redshift to render everything out. Cool. Because the textures in general, like some of these, you've got some incredible uh, close-ups and things and they're they're very detailed. Um, yeah. How are you going about doing like the the textures themselves? Do they come from somewhere? Um, like, do you have like a library where you can pull that in? Are you doing custom patterns and textures too? Mm-hmm. So I think it's one of my goals to create my own custom patterns when I can, because mm-hmm. I feel like uh, 
with my work if i can do that then people will recognize my style so yeah for sure and mm. i would say a lot of my work is also a homage to my chinese heritage um Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, just using presets maybe from substance painter is not going to cut it for me because yeah. there's a lot of intricacies within Chinese traditional garments and the patterns that they used to use that I'm very interested in highlighting and mm-hmm. combining it in a modern way that shows off my own style. So for me, it's it's a way for me to also just create my own textures, which is pretty fun. Amazing. And um, I'm noticing too on this that you're you're streaming on a lot of platforms. Um, yes. Where where and when do you stream? And yeah, like what platforms are you on currently? Yeah, so I do uh, weekly streams on Twitch, and it's an excuse for me to step away from client work actually and just <laughs> get some personal work done every week. That is my time to just decompress and talk to my community and just create something fun Mm -hmm. and then um social media wise i'm on every single one you can imagine (laughs) (laughs) the real big following on tiktok almost a hundred thousand people on tiktok wow i'm all for tiktok tiktok is it is the one app that i'm constantly on in a good and bad way Right. Same here, we, but we completely just for a bad way. Yeah, we completely understand. Let's <laughs> TikTok is life now. What's Absolutely. Facebook? I've never heard of Facebook. <laughs> what is that? Well, I just think it's perfect, especially if you create visual stuff and especially if it's animation. Like TikTok is definitely for you and you add, you know, mm-hmm. sounds and it's all video based, so mm-hmm. you know, it makes sense. You just have to do it the right way. Mm-hmm. Like I think when people first and you've been on it for a long time, and I think when people first get into it they they think that they can just post what they've been posting on the other platforms. You really have to do it a little different. Yes, know? yes. But that being said, it is very good for for designers if they know how to do it. Um, exactly. But you've been on since 2020 i think right? yeah yeah that's right um and we were talking a little bit before the show it was it was the the beginning of tiktok where a lot of people really got popular really quick and now with saturation it's it's a little harder for people to do yeah um, i'm i'm distracted by this uh this particular one. Oh, where did it go <laughs> uh it just flashed up in front of me this one oh my gosh that is great. oh yes Thank this, you. This one, um, I there was a behind the scenes, I think, somewhere. I may have lost mm-hmm. it. Uh, is it this one? Um, you, you were showing, you were doing a fabric, and uh-huh. you did some sort of like translucent fabric. Is that this one? Yes. Yeah, that's right. I love the stuff with the um, the flowers and the translucency. And, mm-hmm. and my question is going to be like, how do you go about doing translucency or, or transparency for something like this like how do you make yes. that mesh that see-through mesh mm-hmm. you would use um there's two ways i could talk about this the first one that i did specifically for that piece is um is actually not transparent it's actually uh if you imagine hexagons and they're all tessellated next to each other yeah mm-hmm. so they are just v- scaled down very small so mm-hmm. that it looks like they're transparent and it's a png right Mm -hmm. so anything that's black won't be seen and then the white hexagon the hexagons are white which means they are seen Mm -hmm. and so that gives the illusion that it's transparent right 
And then there's another way which I would use via Redshift and using the opacity, uh, the right. same thing. It's using the black and white map and anything that's black won't be seen. Anything that's white will be seen. So if you put it in the middle, it will be kind of transparent. So you're creating the actual mesh and, and it's working. Um, which sometimes when I do something like that, I'm like, oh, is it going to look right? Or is it going to create that weird pattern? What, mm -hmm. what is it called? Moray, you know, yeah. on the... But, um, man, it just looks so good. And um, I'm also noticing in here that you do a lot on these uh, Instagram uh, previews of tying things, you know, like belts <laughs> and things. That look to me, that looks very... Like, it looks like it has a potential to be very frustrating <laughs> to tie something. It's always frustrating to create belts or anything like tying knots in yeah. Clo3 D or Marvelous Designer because they have the tendency to either come undone or the, the fabric goes through each other. So it is a very, uh -huh. you need a lot of patience for doing that type of technique. And I think I've come to a point where I might just fake it because it really does mm -hmm. take a lot of time and patience to even create right. a knot in, in, well, in these 3D programs. You just put like a fake knot in front of the belt to make it look like it's tied or... exactly i think i might do that now <laughs> <laughs> because uh, so when you're yeah. posing some of these people do you have to get you get all the uh you get all the the pieces done correctly and then do you like in a t pose and mm -hmm. then you build around it and you mm -hmm. it'll still have to do the simulation as well when you're moving them correct yeah, so you can, you always start with a T pose or A pose because mm -hmm. what you want is always the sleeves to be nice and clean and away from the body. Mm -hmm. And then um, you can create your clothing, your garment, and then at a later date, you can create a transition from the T pose to your desired pose. Oh, cool. And okay. you would bake your the movement from the avatar onto the garments within Clo3D or Marvelous Designer. Interesting. That's cool, and you can. That's can. You, there's pins, right? I'm I'm sure there are. I'm from what I yeah. remember. There's pins, and you can pin That's things. Right. And, um. So how do you deal with with issues of of stretching? I'm sure. I'm sure after a while, like you kind of have the workflow down. But I feel like the first thing that would happen to me is I would take the garment <laughs> that I made, I put it on a T pose, and then the character would start walking, and things just would start not looking right they would start yeah. stretching weird or whatever um, yeah how do you deal with that do you have to go back and forth a lot and like fix it and bring it back in i am um, i'm actually rendering a piece right now and the amount of times i had to re-simulate because there's just one thing that just messed Shades. up or just mm -hmm. didn't look as I've wanted it is, uh, yeah, it's annoying. It can be frustrating. And um, I think a lot of it has, it of course comes down to practice. You will figure out what is the best way or the best settings to put things on because mm -hmm. um, yeah, there are certain things you can do to negate or to reduce the amount of mistakes that will be done during simulation. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the biggest ones or oh, learning curve for me was particle distance, they call it. It, okay. it is similar to subdivisions. So okay. the smaller your particle distance is, that means the higher the subdivisions. I don't know why it's backwards like that, but it is. And, I mean, uh, that makes sense. Yeah, 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 I get that. And then, of course, 
it will take longer to simulate, but the simulation will be more accurate. So right. that's what I would. That's okay. one of my tips for you so guys listening. Maybe it's similar to iter- iterations in a way. Well, what's know, interesting but... about that is like so uh, with with cinema. I know cinema when you're doing cinema cloth, mm-hmm. you know you always want to do a lower a less dense mesh in order to get something that just doesn't do the thing, right. you know, doesn't, doesn't mess up so that it gets a much smoother thing. And then you throw a cloth, uh, a cloth, uh, uh yeah, whatever some, some on it. Smoother. Yeah. 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 We're <laughs> um, quite but the that's really interesting. That. That's really interesting because I think also like when you're talking about like, uh, particle density or whatever, mm-hmm. um, X particles has, cloth stuff inside of it yeah. and it's but it's similar in that you don't want to have it too dense but mm-hmm. that's I, I don't know i think that's interesting that they do it a different way yeah for sure yeah. i mean uh, either way just having more subdivisions you don't want too much you don't want too little right <laughs> mm-hmm. for sure yeah. so what are some is of there, your mm, go ahead is there a way to like smooth out the uh uh the simulation after the fact you know like it's like okay, this part I get some weird intersections. Is there like a smooth brush or something like that? I don't know. <laughs> Unfortunately, not. But if there is a case where your mesh looks a bit low poly in some mm-hmm. instances, you could always go into Cinema 4D and add the subdivision surface, and that would oh, usually cool. fix it up. Cool. But I've also seen in some of these Instagram clips and and stuff, you can kind of pull. You can pull on the clothing. You can move it around, right? Yeah. So. You know, you can kind of like relax it where it needs to go. Um, That's right. But um, I also want to ask about some of your favorite projects. You've told you've told us about a couple. Um, mm-hmm. Going back in the archive here on Instagram, I don't know if there's sure. anything specifically you want me to pull up, but um, you you have so much. I don't even know where to start. It's just days and days of incredible how, outfits. How much of your work currently is? Uh, strictly the digital fashion stuff versus other 3d you know motion design Mm. stuff sure i mean now i pretty much do 95 percent digital fashion there has been a time last year where i might have picked up um maybe a client work and did some motion design 3d 3d motion design for them but now it's fully digital fashion amazing and so the clients are coming to you because you've made a name for yourself in this realm in yeah. this space. That's so yes. crazy. That's I remember so awesome. when, when I first started out, I there was not a lot of people doing what I do. And I thought, mm-hmm. I don't want to be known as just doing digital fashion. Nobody else ah. is doing this. <laughs> and then I just kept doing digital fashion and now it's stuck. And now that's what I'm doing now. <laughs> right. That's funny. That's really funny. Yeah, <clears throat> like this AR stuff too. Yes. Um, Your eyes follow. <laughs> <laughs> Right. I think digital yeah. fashion and AR is definitely a good combination to to Absolutely. dive into if you yeah. if you guys are interested as well. I was about yeah. to I was about to say that actually because the next I don't know maybe twenty years or so uh, I think we're going to see a huge increase in that and um, of course VR I mean VR is one thing AR is really where that stuff is going to blow up because you're going to have what 20 years from now everybody's going to be walking around with their AR glasses on and everybody will just be wearing you know 
black t-shirt Mo- and, and black pants and we'll just no be we'll all be wearing like stuff. motion tracker yeah. <laughs> you right? know? that's the only way yeah. you can get people to see you in your your outfits and stuff is if you're wearing the uh the tracker outfit yeah 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 for sure <laughs> yeah i'm looking forward to that because right now i would say a lot of people still don't get digital fashion they don't understand it because mm-hmm. of course right now it's all online and mm-hmm. they don't see how it can be used in the real world but i think mm-hmm. once these ar glasses pick up and tech gets a lot better and um that's where we're going to see a lot more people accepting um digital fashion for sure yeah mm-hmm. and w- i think they're going to be I, the the industry itself is going to be huge it's going to be you know it's going to be like, oh, hey, such and such celebrity wore this thing, and then mm-hmm. everybody wants to buy that digital good, and then you're going to have, like, kind of... I'm sure you'll have the whole NFT crypto aspect of it, right? Like, oh, this thing... There's only ten versions of this particular <laughs> garment that you can buy, mm-hmm. that kind of a thing. That's right. Yeah, and you could even link it to real-world garments as well. So if you, for example, oh, yeah. created a certain... I don't know, digital garment NFT, and then it could link to maybe a real life NFT, which is like you said, limited. And it's mm-hmm. only if you buy that NFT, maybe it, it you will receive a physical uh, garment or certain perks that um, you will only get if you buy the token. Or vice versa, where you buy the physical piece and yeah. then you get they the digital you. piece in, you know, or, yeah. in uh, the metaverse, whatever exactly. metaverse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That works both yeah. ways. Yeah, you're right. Right? I go buy some Gap jeans and I get to wear those Gap jeans in Fortnite. Yeah. That's right. right. <laughs> yeah, that's what Kevin was saying here in the chat. He's like, you know, does that encompass Fortnite skins? You know? <clears throat> um, yeah, absolutely. You know, V-Bucks and, and doing, um, what's the other one? Roblox, I'm sure. All of these mm-hmm. will start coming together. But I, I think what's going to happen, too, is then you're going to have to you know watch out for the knockoffs as well mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah there's gonna be people funny. like trying to like you know reverse engineer what what other fashion <laughs> designers have made online to try and like mm-hmm. sell knockoffs How it's happens. it happens all the time it's, it's yeah. the internet what can you do right mm-hmm. it's it's very meta and also ironic <laughs> that it's meta because it's in the metaverse mm-hmm you're gonna have your fake product glasses and fake product purses and yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. yeah. <laughs> oh man i'm scared of the future <laughs> but have you actually worked on anything in in that realm already like in the nft gtf what is the gtf gl glt gtfo gltf yeah, yeah GLTF. in that realm uh yes i mean i've i've sold some as nfts for example and mm-hmm. i've currently uh, my latest project that i've worked with the fabricant they are digital fashion house we That's have cool. created some nfts where um it's based off the chinese zodiacs and anyone who's yes. uh bought one of those we've entered them into a decentraland fashion week which they are going to rebuild some of the garments in as with the decentraland avatars so yes there's different ways of wearing these these digital garments so that that brings up an interesting point because as these as, as we move into a more metaverse digital realm with a lot of these things like i just i i can see like 
the the simulation that you're already having to do with all of this i i i assume that you know the programmers involved in decentraland or wherever they've got to be doing something in order to like get the simulation correct mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. it's like it, it brings up a whole new realm of problematic things to overcome you know technical issues yeah yeah mm-hmm because a lot of these virtual worlds like Sandbox or Decentraland, they are currently voxels, so they're very mm-hmm. low poly, mm-hmm. which, you know, um, some, it doesn't bother some people, but I would love to see a point where my beautiful renders with these flowy, organic, you mm-hmm. know, fabrics be replicated in another world instead of being simplified. So right. it also right. comes down to personal preference, but I would love to see to see that because um yeah there's a whole thing about of course with high poly meshes and right and having that taken a lot of memory for example is mm-hmm. another issue with ar and those digital right. body filters where they got a certain file limit or file right. size you can do for these filters so there's a lot of limitations right now but i have confidence that it will get better in the future yeah, when I when I did the Dorpy filter with Effect House for um, um, for TikTok. TikTok, I was actually yeah. surprised of what it could take in poly count because I had done a digital scan of the puppet and I think <laughs> it was like a hundred thousand polys. Right. And I was like, you know, this is just an experiment. I'm just messing with this. I don't really care too much, and I and I published it anyway. It didn't give me any warnings or anything. Now it did when yeah. I tried to bring it in an Instagram filter, um, mm-hmm. but the Effect House one came in and it and it actually worked, and they accepted it and it published. And I'm like, I guess they don't care about the poly count, and or maybe it doesn't matter or whatever. And I did notice that there are some people using the filter on TikTok, yeah. and it's very jumpy. Ah, you know, interesting. Others, I think we're on that that we're on the verge right now of like these phones and and mobile devices being able to process a little better. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that's a problem because you know you've got to dumb it down for these other things. It doesn't look as good, and and even if you could get the polys right, then there's the second level of that, right? Which is the textures. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, at, at, at taking it from a beautiful Redshift or Octane render, then exporting out a GLTF file, it's like, mm-hmm. it does not look the same. Mm-hmm. No, know. it does not. Yeah. No. <laughs> <clears throat> um, are there any um, events coming up? Um, any, like, are there, well, I guess, are there events? I'm sure there are uh, for yeah. these. Besides just like a a fashion uh, show or or conference or something in general are there mm-hmm. like specific um, digital fashion shows like in real life yeah there are they there has been i remember there was one like digital fashion new york for example mm-hmm. that they've done one and so they're usually online conferences that happen throughout the year mm-hmm. um but there's only been a few uh, a handful i would say um Blue Woods is actually is actually asking about shoes. Um, did you did you create shoes in Clo 3D? No, I've have not touched shoes. <laughs> I would love to. Okay. I feel like maybe creating shoes in ZBrush might be better. Right. But it's not impossible to create shoes. You can actually create shoes in Clo 3D. And the reason why it's harder, I would say, is because with Clo 3D, your marvelous designer, they don't really do rigid bodies. 
Interesting. Um, they do fabrics. The hardest fabric they do is like this leather one, which okay. you can fake a rigid body, but it's not the right. same as actually if you were to mm -hmm. jump into Cinema 4D and actually put a rigid body. So um, it's hard to make things that are quite mm, straight and rigid. Yeah, for sure. right. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. I can see so that I, though. I, You've got to design if you're doing shoes, you gotta do all those layers and intricate patterns mm -hmm. on the sole and it's all I mean it's all like hard modeling, but it's you know I mean ob obviously they're slightly bendable, but I can see the right. difference there. It's not like you're, you're gonna run a cloth sim on any of that stuff. Right. Right. Yeah. Or making high heels or something like that, right. you know? Those yeah. need to be rigid. <laughs> yeah, I've seen people make high heels. I just I have not touched shoes at all. So we we need to <laughs> find someone who's good at making 3D right. shoes and clay 3D <laughs> or marvelous designer. Um, have you need... done Have you done some ZBrush stuff as well? I've attempted to, but mm -hmm. the UI has thrown me off so many times. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> but it is something yeah. I would love to get um, better at for sure. Mm -hmm. I'm getting used to that interface. Yeah, like like Matt not, says, once you once you bad. learn that everything's in alphabetical order, hundred percent. Then it's like, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> Except for everything on the right side, that's not an alphabetical yeah. order. That's oh. an <laughs> order of uh, order of importance, you know. Oh. But everything yeah. else. Maybe sold it to be there, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's funny when you when you get into ZBrush after you know a day or so, it starts. And you start to learn some of those things, which that's the hardest thing with any program, right? Is just learning. If you're an experienced 3D person, you're like, I don't need to learn anything about 3D. I just need to know where this button is. Where's this thing? Right. And, mm -hmm. and so once you start learning and you start learning the, the pieces of ZBrush, you start understanding why they put it there. You know, right. it's yeah. like, yes, this button isn't where you think it would be in another program, yeah. but also... I kind of understand why you put it there, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's a, it's a tough thing. You got to devote a lot of time to it. I'm trying. I'm trying. Yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah. One of the questions, or not a question, but actually, somebody says they're excited about your domestica course. Are you doing a course? Ah, yes. I just came back from Madrid, which is where I just filmed my domestica right. course, and it's all. Is gonna be about my whole my whole workflow process from like mm -hmm. Clay 3D to Cinema 4D to Redshift um, and Substance Painter as well. Cool, oh, man. that's so, cool. Um, how, how much, much work are you doing in Substance? That's exactly what I was yeah. saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love Substance Painter. Like I used to do all my texturing with just Illustrator and Photoshop before, mm -hmm. but the magic of being able to paint onto your 3D model and actually see it that mm -hmm to me has really mm -hmm. sold it and uh you can it's the same process um as photoshop and illustrator just you're able to, to have the capability of seeing it on a 3d model which i find highly valuable yeah um i also have been seeing i like mellow mograph sent us he was working on a oh, vr yeah. substance stuff and i guess they have a vr option now and you can pop Ooh. over to the headset and I'm thinking, oh, well, that could be cool, too, because if you're trying to really, like, you know, paint one of these, to be able to walk around it and, like, or, or even do that thing where you step back mm -hmm. and take a look and then, like, come mm -hmm. back, like, that's something yeah. you can't do. I mean, obviously, you could zoom in on it, 
on yeah. on your screen, but I, I feel like if you could, you know, step around a garment you were working on, how cool would that be? You know? Yeah, that would be that would be awesome for sure. What are some of the uh what are some of the designers or who are some of the designers or companies that you've worked for that you really mm -hmm. liked? For digital fashion, I ha I've currently worked with two clients on that so far. So the first one, of course, was the Heisenbaity and Gunfidich, the unexpected mm -hmm. mixture between an alcohol brand and digital fashion. Yeah. It's totally unexpected. I think that has to be one of my favorite uh, projects to date but the one that i'm currently working on with dell um that oh. has not come out yet it's coming out soon uh -huh. but um yeah that that one is uh is gonna be interesting uh once it comes out i'll send it over to you guys with yeah dell. totally that's interesting yes oh yeah and the nice thing about that is actually it relates to my work as in it's not just a random brand that doesn't mm -hmm. relate to 3d so right, yeah right, right. It's, it's still within the tech realm cool. yeah Hmm. What kind of <clears throat> kind of fashion goes with Dell? <laughs> Are you making clothes You'll for nerds? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what we need is clothes for nerds. Yeah. Um, are there, you know, uh, what was it? Uh, Louis Vuitton did something. Are there other big brands that are getting into this right now? Hopefully they're watching this. this yeah, there's this a lot space. of luxury brands <laughs> yeah. coming in. Like Balenciaga... Louis Vuitton. I think they could have executed it better, like 3D-wise, technical-wise, but as I said, there is a lot of... There's a gap between fashion designers who come from 3D background. So a lot of yeah. 3D or digital fashion you see now, especially coming from big brands, um, I feel like the technical work could be improved. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm with you on that. Yeah, I mean, not that I have any experience, but I understand where I understand what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> yeah. So, I don't know, ten years maybe. You think ten years people will be wearing these? Yeah, maybe know, even five. Yeah. Yes. See, a lot of it I know is like based on what we can do technology-wise and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And a lot of it probably battery life as yeah. well. Yeah. Because if we're going to be wearing these glasses all day or whatever yeah. we're going to be doing uh mm -hmm. just kind of feels like you know they're going to have to figure out how to get more battery power more processing mm -hmm. power you know are the glasses going to be the monitor and it's powered by your phone yeah uh yeah. you know it's it's still kind of a it, it's still a very new industry but you can feel this coming with ar mm -hmm. in yeah. general i'm just but envisioning like tony stark and his multiple screens right. in front right. of him he's just swiping in the air but uh -huh. yeah i would i would definitely love to see that and i think especially with the younger generation they are just so adept to technology they just get it in an instant mm -hmm. so you can just imagine them when the, when these new technologies come in they're just gonna understand it and get yeah. it a lot faster than we do i'm interested to see like with the addition of unreal 5 and the new um uh what's the what's what's the, what is it like basically unlimited polygons. Oh, oh. nanite. What, what? Nanite, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, if if brands start incorporating that into, like, you know, you get Snapchat or some of these other ones who are doing 
who are using Unreal or something similar in mm-hmm. order to have unlimited polygons, and then mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about you know bringing in a low poly mesh or something like that. That yeah. will be that will be crazy. Absolutely, I agree. Unreal is just another level, and mm-hmm. <laughs> I do see uh, they've even got a digital fashion course in Unreal now. I cool. Believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the my friends that I worked with, the fabricant, I believe they worked together with Unreal to build that course for people to start learning. So amazing. I, I need to take a look at that actually. Yeah, I'm mentioning it. Yeah, totally. Are Are there any gets? Like, are there any brands in general that you're really like striving to to work for, fashion wise? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like big fashion brands, you know. If I'm honest, not really. And I say that because <laughs> currently I want to create my own brand. And mm-hmm. I don't, I feel like if I was to start creating work for other fashion brands, I will fall back into that client relationship, which is something mm-hmm. I want to kind of step away. And it's right. another thing that um, NFTs has really uh, released me from so that I don't yeah. rely too much on client work. And now yeah. I'm able to, if I want to do client work, um, I'm able to have that choice to do it. I'm not forced to do it just because I need to pay my bills on time. Right, right. Do you think some of these big companies have hesitation, like, to get into this? Or Yes, yes, for sure. Uh, I think with these brands, they need to see where's the use case, how to earn profit from this whole industry. But, um, you know, you've got brat- big brands like Nike and Adidas already jumping into the metaverse and selling Mm -hmm. nfts and it's happening so more as more and more brands do it i think a lot of brands are already looking this way and seeing how they can implement uh their physical brand with the metaverse or with uh, digital avatars and garments Mm -hmm. it's funny because some of these companies are so big to jump into it some of them are hesitant to jump into it there's the opposite and you know, that's why you end up in the way that this is new right now. It's like people are jumping in and not sure what to do with it yet. Yeah. And you got the other ones waiting to find out if it's worth it. And that's why you end up with like there's a there's literally like a Hyundai digital metaverse experience. It's like, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to go oh. hang out with, you know, in my Hyundai metaverse. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm, OK, I don't think we figured that out yet. Um <laughs> And and I can see the hesitation, but I think it's important for these types of companies to at least explore it. You know, for sure, because for sure. it seems mm-hmm. like it's important. Uh, what uh, influences do you, do you go to? Like uh, when you're trying to come up with an idea, it's like are you are you looking from design? Are you pulling from design for experience? Are you pulling from certain people? Certain uh, real life designers mm-hmm. where does that come from yeah so I guess I get most of my inspiration from traditional Chinese garments and mm-hmm. I, yeah. I'm a very visual person so whether that's watching movies or dramas or like looking at pictures that's where I usually get my inspiration from I'm also really into streetwear and I look mm-hmm. at images on that I would say Pinterest is probably my go-to when looking for visual references and Behance. But mm-hmm. recently, I was able to travel, which was great because I haven't <laughs> yeah. done that because of, you know, yeah. uh, COVID. And, you know, I was, my latest piece is inspired by a color scheme that I saw in a retail, in a shop, for example, mm-hmm. which I wouldn't have got just by sitting at home. 
So right. for me, it's a mixture of traveling, looking at, um, especially when I'm looking at traditional Chinese dramas, I always analyze the set design or the costume design. So that's where I usually would get my inspiration from, for sure. Cool. So it's not just it's not just the inspiration for the garment, but also maybe for like the story or the scene that you're right. building on top of that. That's right, because yeah. I think with a lot of my work, I always have to add like a storytelling element to it, and Absolutely. I feel like adding adding the garment to a three D scene gives more depth to the yeah. garment and you know the setting of where it's being worn and how it's being worn, and of course mm -hmm. for me. Lighting in 3D changes everything. It changes the mood, 100%. the atmosphere. Yeah. So I think it really does help to to give more focus and highlight to the garments, whilst also giving it a story and a purpose. <laughs> what what was uh, some? What was your favorite one? I'm going to ask two questions. What was your favorite, and what was your most complicated? Mm. Favorite work? Yes, your your oh. favorite one that you've completed so far and you might have mentioned it already i mean yeah oh that's a hard one <laughs> uh, my favorite one is probably uh the project that i did for heisner Bayati and glenn Fittich, just because okay. um the storytelling aspect i had to yeah. make three garments fit into the same world and because the three garments were so different from each other, they were actually inspired by three different artists and each artist has a, has a different style. So yeah. but to find a way to recreate their style in my style, but also not entirely rub away or throw away their, their story uh, was challenging. But mm -hmm. also I, it was, I found that project really successful because I was able to present those three garments in a same in the same surreal world that I wanted to create. Mm -hmm. So that so, was probably my favorite one for sure. And what's the most like technically complex thing you've most had to challenging do? <laughs> challenging, yeah. Yeah. Uh, challenging one is probably the one that I'm rendering right now. <laughs> 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 it really has caused me so much pain for the past few days just because um, there's certain types of garments you have to be careful of rendering or simulating and it's for the reasons that I've mentioned before the the sleeve especially between the the gap between I suppose your arm and the hip to the armpit mm -hmm. that area anything that's really flowy that you would like to make that super long and flowy that moves into um, another garment by accident and um, there's quite a lot of technical issues that I'm running into with the polygons not liking each other so that is is a type of garment I would love to make more but I get so much pain by doing it that I I try not to make this type of garment too much yeah For sure yeah uh, VJ says he disagrees <laughs> that younger people are more technically adept he says he's oh. around high school students all day and none of them have tech skills at all most don't even have a computer or want one. And I think that's a good point because, I mean, I'll take my daughter as an example, right? Like, she can use yeah. a computer. She's messed with After Effects a little bit. But she yeah. would still rather keyframe everything on her iPhone with this app that looks like it's so hard to use. Um, and and even, even in that, she's got a little more computer experience than most, I'd say. You know, yeah. um, high school students are just going to be all about their phone. They might not have a laptop or anything else. And 
um, it's a weird position because I think our our age, all of us in in general, we're a little bit older than the average you know high school student right now or middle school student. Sadly, yes. And Thank we've you grown for up pointing that out again. <laughs> we've grown up with technology, <laughs> though. We grew up. With, yes. We grew up uh, while technology was growing up. Yeah. Right? So mm-hmm. so yeah. we got to see. Oh, this. We is don't a want computer. to speak for you, Steffi. We're speaking for ourselves mostly. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm assuming are. you're not in middle school, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like we grew up with the technology, and you know, you know, your parents come home with a computer, and you like mm-hmm. want to check it out. You don't have a phone or anything else, right? Um, mm-hmm. you, we will reach a point where people understand how to use technology, but don't understand the technology and. Obviously, we have we already kind of have that, but I'm talking about mm-hmm. like I feel like my generation understands computers way better than any kid that's friends with my daughter because they grew up with it. And and what's going to happen when we get to that point where people understand how to use it, but just don't understand how to like the the ins and outs of it? Um, yeah, how do you update a driver on your computer? You know, like there, it's it's hard uh, because. Yeah. Some of them may not have to learn how to do that until they are in, you know, college or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. But they have it easy, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> when I was your age, when I was your age. <laughs> yeah. Get off my lawn. I had to wait like ten minutes to see one frame. So, <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, very interesting <clears throat> to see where that goes because as somebody who has basically a teen i know that her um i don't know her her level of interest and uh her attention span is has been ruined by tiktok and and whatnot (laughs) as has mine yeah i mean but if you want to like go in and do some sort of like oh i want to do digital clothing like like they they're going to want an app for the phone where you can do the digital clothing you know right right yeah, yeah, it's it's tough. Do you think that we'll ever get to that point though, where um, you can easily create this stuff on a mobile device, or are we are we going to still have computers? <laughs> you know? Oh, I have never imagined a world without them. <laughs> right? But yeah, you know, there's going to be apps where you can just you know have presets, right? So it's not going to be so much different from how we've got, like, for example, in Cinema 4D, we've got presets to do certain stuff. It's going to be the same, but for apps, I think. Mm-hmm. I just hear a lot of people talking about, oh, we won't need desktop someday. We won't need desktop someday. I'm like, are you sure? Like, I, I just don't. That don't, would be great, you know. don't you think? Imagine if you could, you know, have your tablet and then you don't need to have your bulky 3090, 3080 mm-hmm. sitting by to render something. Or we will have, you know, cloud computing where you can just hook yeah. up to a powerful computer and yeah. you could just do everything on a on a tablet or oh. a screen. And mm-hmm. yeah, I could totally see that happening. I yeah. feel like we are going to get to the point where, and maybe this will be how this happens, where we can lose our desktops or at least yeah. not have to um, be able to have some sort of system where we have to have so much control. Like mm-hmm. if, if you're going to do a video right now that's, uh, let's say, like a high-grade CG production, well, mm-hmm. you have to have your desktop. You've got to have Cinema 4D. You've got to have like Photoshop and all of that, right? And there's a reason. Because if you want something very specific, you have to make mm-hmm. it yourself. But 
let's say 20 years from now we got like dolly 2 or dolly 14 or you know whatever um dolly 2 right now you literally can say just about anything and you, you type it in and it makes whatever you you ask for mm -hmm. so let's say you were doing a garment you said uh, you know i want a garment with long sleeves and it's going to have yellow stripes on it and you're going to be able to dictate that to ai and i wonder like at what point you just won't need the desktop because your yeah. your voice is descriptive enough. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. That's like yeah. That's like the holodeck when they're trying yeah. to build something, right? You know, yeah. they're trying to figure out what it looked like in their dream, and they're like, "No, make this longer. Make it. I need a clicky sound in the background." I know the episode you're talking <laughs> you about. You know the episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh. There's. Um, there's a there's a way you can modify with Dolly 2. I'm just waiting for my invite to come from Dolly 2. I've been watching all these videos. Yeah. And and there's like you can fine tune. You can say I want a hamburger chair. Mm -hmm. And then you get a bunch of hamburger chairs and you say yeah, but I need sesame seed buns on it and then I like this but I need a slightly different variation and so then you can dive into the variations and change it. And that would be very interesting to be able to dictate that to a computer and, and tell it what you want garment-wise and skip a lot of these steps. But I, mm -hmm. I have a, a feeling that uh, your job will not be rendered obsolete for quite a while. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually yeah. looking forward to that, everything you're describing <laughs> with AI. I feel yeah. like that would cut me so much time. And I'm, you know, being a creative, right, I feel like AI can't replace what we creatives do, but perhaps maybe certain. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, it can be used as a tool to cut out certain lethargic yeah, sure. jobs that we don't need to do, like, for yeah. example, rotoscoping. But <laughs> no offense to anyone who does that for their job. But, you know, AI will be able to be a tool to help us, I think, and we'll be able to more so do art directing. And I've, I'm looking forward to that, really. VJ uh, is saying. You know, my daughter's an exception because um, our, our kids know each other. Um, but, um, most most high school students won't even have a concept of, or don't even have a concept of what a folder is. And that's such a great point. Like m my daughter, when I'm talking about saving a file, like it is just the weirdest thing to her. Oh. Because on your phone, it's just like, oh, that's always just going to be on your phone or it's in this app or whatever. Mm -hmm. The concept yeah. of folders and files and folders or saving, saving in general. Yeah, See, that's yeah. why I that's why I never save anything. Oh like gosh. I'm awful about saving because I just let my computer auto save all the yeah. time. You know, it's like if my computer crashes or if my 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 stuff crashes, I lose at most five minutes because I have a five minutes auto save happening all the time. You know, I don't trust. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I do not trust. It to save. I just don't. You know? I love all to save. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm just like, I don't know. I got the muscle memory for control S and, and I just mm -hmm. hit control S all the time because I just. I mean, I do that know. too, even though yeah. I've got auto save on, but. For me, it's yeah. like when I know that I'm about to do something that the computer isn't going to like, mm -hmm. my muscle memory hits that button. It's like, okay, I'm about to run this sim. Mm -hmm. And then the muscle memory kicks in because I know as soon as I hit sim and it crashes, if I haven't saved, I'm five minutes is a long time sometimes. Sometimes, right? 
You know, yeah. you can accomplish a lot in five <laughs> minutes that you can forget, or you could really tweak something in just right and then mm-hmm. crash, and you're like, oh no, I had it just right, and then you can't get back. So mm-hmm. I still do it. Um, Jag says everyone just instantly saves uh, saved their projects. Saved yeah, their projects they were, because we were as they were listening. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, VJ says I for one do not welcome the mobile OS overlords. Steffi, <laughs> yeah. right where? Uh, Steffi, where do you see where do you see uh, this industry going in the next five to ten years? I see it booming for sure because mm-hmm. the combination between what we just discussed about combining it with gaming, yeah. and of course how of course there's already a lot of money being poured into gaming skins and free um, what they call it like rewards, 3D rewards that they have in sure. games. So there's a lot of utility in that. And then, of course, with actual fashion brands combining it to their, not only their physical, but having a digital counterpart. And also a lot more people are going to have a digital version of themselves, whether that's an an avatar or whether that's an AR filters. And so with digital avatars, of course, you want to customize them. And with customizing comes with digital fashion and accessories and all of that jazz so yeah it, there's definitely a lot of use cases for it in the future um we're just hoping of of course with the technology getting better and better that yeah it will all just grow at least that's yeah. my point of view for sure do you think uh as uh, a 3d artist myself should i would you recommend me jumping into Marvelous or uh, Clothe 3D in order to kind of get, like, in the next few years, will I need to know this stuff? Mm-hmm. And would I, it be advantageous for me to get into it now? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but only if you're really interested in it, you know? There's nothing yeah. worse than jumping into something and you hate it. So yeah. I would say if you have an inkling of creating something like a digital fashion or creating... I don't know, it could be like fabrics or bags or like anything. It could be accessories, as I talked about. You could be creating accessories for brands and it might not just be just clothing. So having some sort of knowledge within Marvelous Design or Clove 3D is definitely advantageous, I would say. And uh, yeah, now now is the time to learn because there are definitely a lot more YouTube tutorials now than there was yeah. two years ago. Yeah. I kid you not, when I was looking two years ago, I was just, um, I, I honestly recommend Travis Davids, <laughs> Travis okay. Davids on YouTube. Yeah. Cool. He is, uh, his YouTube channel is gold, absolute gold uh, for like combining, because uh, he comes from a 3D background as well. So he mm-hmm. combines 3D programs with a marvelous designer and Clay 3D. So although they are old tutorials, they're pretty good. And they're what mm-hmm. I learned from actually. So, but now there's a lot of new people coming in and doing their own tutorials, which mm-hmm. super useful for anyone who wants to learn. What would be awesome. a good resource for Marvelous? Because the biggest problem that I have is just, the UIs don't match from tutorial yeah. to tutorial. Oh, what would be yes. your go-to? Yes, they did that recent update. So <laughs> actually saying that Clove 3D and Marvelous Designers opened up their own YouTube channels within cool. the past two years. Oh, yeah, okay. I think before when I started learning, they didn't really have their own YouTube channels or they weren't posting consistently, but now they are. So I mm-hmm. would recommend starting there. And mm-hmm. yeah, there are a few people I can recommend. There are uh, this dude called Very Vague, very V E R Y 
V-E-I-G. And there's a lot of people who post time lapse, which I know sometimes can be uh, long to go f to trawl through a video to right. see every step. I love step. time lapse. I yeah. absolutely yeah. love time lapse videos. Okay, good, good. Yeah. Some people hate it, but I guess if you guys love it, then yes, there are, there's this person who just posts time lapse of their work and mm -hmm. they are very good at what they do. I think they are probably like they do character design or they do it for games. So they're the type of uh, their work is the type of work you would see on ArtStation, the people who do really good like game concept and character design, which also feeds into digital fashion. Time lapses yeah. can be valuable because and, and and way back in the day I used to post some or whatever, but I, I feel like they can be valuable when you really want to learn how to do something super specific. So like there may not be a yeah. tutorial on how to do one very specific thing, but you might see a video and say, Oh, how do they do that? Oh, they have a time lapse. And you yeah. just click to the point you want to see. I mean you do that with tutorials anyway, right? Yeah. You right. Just go, I just need <laughs> yeah. to know this one thing. I'm gonna to go to like twenty five minutes and forty two seconds. And exactly. that's kind of like like time lapses if they're slow enough you know mm -hmm. if they yeah. put them up you know and they're maybe a few minutes long so you can actually it doesn't skip over that little part mm -hmm. in the time lapse uh, you know stop and say oh, okay this is the hierarchy this is what they added this is an effector they did this is how they did the dynamics and it is it is nice it's just kind of hard to make a channel with all time lapses you know i love watching sculpting time lapses i think <laughs> yeah. sculpting time lapses are absolutely incredible you know and i always feel like i learn so much just watching someone work you mm -hmm. know in zbrush or in c4d sculpting or whatever yeah. you know yeah. <clears throat> so so we have a little um game that we play if you <laughs> if you if this is your first time on the show sometimes we have uh people on more than once uh so we we tend not to do this every time but uh it's called MoGraph recommends and uh the way that we do this is we kind of do like uh it's like you know lightning round kind of thing mm -hmm. uh, yep. and we're gonna just uh fire off these questions and and look for your answers now these don't have necessarily anything to do with 3d but okay. we find that they they get they let people know a little bit more about you and, and mm -hmm. your influences thing so uh, influences okay. and things. So number one is going to be, what is your favorite movie? Oh my goodness, that's the hardest one. Okay, <laughs> uh, I could say my favorite animation for sure. Um, okay. My favorite animation is, oh, How's Moving Castle by Ghibli Animation. Okay, I, I don't know that one. Know anything about that? See? Oh no, See? need to watch it. I don't yeah. know much, much Ghibli. I, <gasps> I, I should. I should. I know. I know. <laughs> They are just what I grew up watching, and I suppose they're, they're quite whimsical. The storyline is quite, always quite whimsical with them, yeah. so there are a few I can recommend. One is Howl's Moving Castle, and they're also a little bit of fantasy sometimes. So, you know, they just take you to another world, another realm, and the animation is just... One, it's, it's iconic, it's recognizable, the style, mm -hmm. the art style, and also it's just beautiful to look at. And then I what saw about... Princess Mononoke a long time ago, but that, yes. I think that was about it. Yeah. That's enough. That's another good one as well, mm -hmm. yes. And how about TV show? And I will say that these can be like an all-time favorite or this could be just something recent Correct. that you really yeah. like. TV show, oh gosh, what have I been? I've been binging because I've actually trying to recover from COVID <laughs> right ah, now. Same. Oh yeah, I saw that, yeah. <laughs> so I'm just stuck at home all the time. So one 
uh, TV show I've been watching is currently on Netflix. It's called Queen of the South. Okay. Yeah, right. it's about uh, it's about the drug ring in Mexico and this main character try- fighting her way from the bottom all the way to the top. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> Jags. In in all caps. It's a masterpiece. Yeah. <laughs> Um, ah, also, yeah. sorry, How's Moving Castle, the soundtrack, beautiful. The soundtrack mm-hmm. is very um, recognizable in, in Ghibli animation as well. Now, how about music? Oh, music. Favorite music? Mm-hmm. Uh, I listen to a realm of music, but currently I've... I'll be right I've, back, Dave. Okay. Currently, I've been listening to uh, this Chinese R&B artist, although I can't pronounce her name. I'm so sorry. But <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how I am I with, like, it. you know, um, yeah. uh, um, with with Spotify and things. Like, when, when I find a band I like, like, half yeah. the time now, I don't even remember their name because I've just marked it. Oh, hey, I like that. You know, it's a favorite, yeah. and I hear it all the time, and I couldn't even tell you who it is, but... And the yeah. funniest thing is, I found this song from TikTok, and I was like, "Wow, this sounds good. Let yeah. me let me add it on Spotify." And then that's it. That's what I've been listening to this week. Um, sorry to that R and B artist that I can't remember your name, but your music's I've done, good. <laughs> I've done that before with TikTok. It's like I really like that, and I'll like Shazam it, and you know, put them on my Spotify immediately. Exactly. Um, well, do you listen to the same thing while you work and in general, or do you have to have like a you have to have a certain vibe for work. Depends what mood I'm in. If I need to like hype myself up and get work done for a deadline, or if I'm just relaxing, chilling. Um, if I'm relaxing and chilling, it's always uh, a lo-fi hip-hop beat in yeah. the background. Yeah. Just, just I just need something Got to you. listen to whilst I'm working. Whether that's it's either music or it's either like an old movie that I've watched before or a, a TV drama. And then if I need to be in the zone and focus or just like need to get stuff done for a deadline, then I put on maybe some like pop music or something like something to just like get me going and yeah. get my energy levels up. Yeah, I, I definitely have a different soundtrack for uh, project is due in 30 minutes, have to finish right now. Like <laughs> it's a playlist, like powerful dubstep playlist, you know, Yeah. to make me go faster. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I had to take. I had to take all of the chill hop I was listening to and and uh, take it offline yeah. uh, because it was skewing all of my listening stats for Spotify. And I was realizing, like, at the end of the year, they're like, well, you really like uh, the, you really like this song. And I'm like, well, that's because I play it every week before the podcast. Like, yeah, yeah that's happened um, to me as well. Yeah. It skews everything. <laughs> I wish you could say just everything but ch- show me everything but chill hop. Just ignore exactly. everything. Um, Leo in the chat says, is it J... J. Joe. Joe? Yeah, J. Joe. No, it's not. It's not. I'm sorry. I'm going to try to find that artist, but it's it's a female. Do you listen to any podcasts while you work as well, or or is that tough? I know some people can't do the two things at once. I used to. Uh, There was one that Hayley Atkins, I believe you Uh had her recently. Yeah. Um, I used to listen to some of hers, and sometimes uh, I put on documentaries and podcasts, um, but I don't listen to them as often as I do to music, for sure. Kevin says Queen of the South is pretty good, but Breaking Bad is the best show he's ever seen, except maybe The Wire. 
<laughs> That's our running gag. It's been a I while, say Kevin. That. I've never watched Breaking Bad. Oh no. So oh no. <laughs> Do you recommend? Maybe I should oh. get into it. I think I might be about to go watch it for the third time because Better Call Saul is so good. Maybe even better. Um I I'm curious if anybody has actually is is actually watching Better Call Saul first because it is kind of a prequel and then going over to that. I'd be interested to to see how people enjoy Breaking Bad after Better Call Saul. Um, I would definitely recommend it, and then I would recommend Better Call Saul after because it is just phenomenal. Um, so, uh, next question is: What is your favorite plugin? Cannot be a render engine. <laughs> oh, shame. Okay, <laughs> um, my favorite plugin that I use is probably Forrester. And oh, okay. just because um, I love using, I like using the flowers and grass and trees. Like I used to use Quicksilver before, and mm -hmm. they're like assets, and yeah, and um, that just took a very long time to just import everything individually, perhaps. And now with Forrester, after using that, I'm like, yeah, I could put like ten thousand grass onto this plane, and it's no problem. So, and you can also art direct it, and yeah. it's uh. Yeah, it's pretty powerful in that sense. And then what is your muscle memory app on your phone? I think I know the answer to this one, but what do you always click on when you open your phone? It's got to be TikTok. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. glued to that app. Yeah. Honestly, just for either yeah. entertainment or even just for me posting my work on there, I'm just constantly on it, which, yeah, it has its perks and also probably on social media too much. Yeah. Now, how about video games? Oh, video games. I have played one recently. Uh, it's called Lost Ark. It is an RPG game where uh, you could... I'm a, I'm a wizard on there, and I love anything to do with wizards. I love having, like, superpowers. It's great. What, ab what about... Uh, what's the one everyone's playing now, Matt? I'm, I'm not into... Ooh, uh, Elden Dark Ring? Souls? Elden Ring. Elden Ring, right? yeah. Oh, Elden I've Ring. heard of that one. No, I haven't yeah. tried that one yet. I, I've heard of that one. There's, there's been a rave about that one. Uh -huh. Yeah, that's what I all hear that it's very doing. hard. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I've got to <laughs> check it out. And then the last one, this is a tough one. This is your mm -hmm. favorite life hack. And this could be something like fun or it could be something super practical. Oh. Uh, one of the things that we say is uh, Mitch Meyer's life hack, which is you turn the toaster on its side to get some bomb ass grilled cheese. You know? <laughs> so this could be a pro, but it could be something like that. It could be productivity. It could be uh, one of my things. Also one of my life hacks is when you're in the car and you're getting gas and you're sitting there <laughs> waiting, that's when you take a look around clean your truck your and clean it out and throw all the junk away and the old cups <clears> and things. It's pretty useful. Life hack? Oh, God. I don't know if I have a life hack, but I have some advice I can give for sure. All right. Let's do Especially it. Yeah. for a lot of 3D artists that are very introverted. And uh, I used to be quite introverted myself, but now more so comfortable speaking out. Um, That's good. Becoming an adult, I've become, I've become more vocal about what I want, which I know can be hard for a lot of 3D artists. So mm -hmm. I think uh, don't be afraid to say no. That's the mm -hmm. biggest one. Mm -hmm. 
that I ride by now, especially um, when you're asking your client maybe for like extra extension or deadline or asking for more pay or asking mm -hmm. or just saying no to as someone saying, hey, Steph, do you have time to just squeeze in this little, you know, uh, job for me or like, can you tweak this? You could just say no, because mm -hmm. the, the, the worst thing that could happen from it is that they just like there's that rejection in that moment, but then everyone just moves on. So yeah. you know, you're not gonna know what opportunity you're gonna lose unless you say no. And yeah. most of the time, it's it it's okay. Nothing bad really happens. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. It reminds me of a TikTok that I saw um, a few days ago. Yeah. Uh, it's it's uh, these two guys, and one of them was like, "Man, I've just got way too much work to do right now," mm -hmm. and the other yeah. one said, "Raise your rates." He goes, what? No, I can't raise my rates. I'll, I'll lose a bunch of clients if I do that. And he goes, yeah, but you'll have more free time. And the ones who, most of them will stay with you and you'll make more money. And so the mm -hmm. ones that don't want to pay more, you'll actually have more time. Just raise yeah. your rates. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's very interesting. Why not? Yeah. Yeah, Why I not? love that. <laughs> cool. Well, um, if, if people want to find you on the internet, mm -hmm. uh, where yeah. should they go? What should they look up? Yeah, so my handle on every single social media channel is Steffi Fung. So please okay. do check me out. I would say go to my, of course, TikTok and my Twitch and Twitter. That I, that's where I hang out the most. Instagram, sorry, I do love you, but not that much anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is, is Steffi, sorry, Zuckerberg. Is Stephanie... <laughs> short for Stephanie? I, I didn't know if you Steffi. went by both... Yeah. I meant to ask you earlier if you go by sure. both or just mm -hmm. specifically Steffi. Okay, cool. So my my full name is Stephanie, yes. Okay. And the reason why I went with Steffi is because it was the only version that I could get on every single social media handle. Nice. There you go. <laughs> I would have gone with Steph Fung uh -huh. uh, without the Y, but, uh -huh. you know, just to have consistency, uh, right. Steffi was the designated one that worked across That's the That's awesome. Channel. That's awesome. awesome. <laughs> yeah, you'll have to hop into our uh, our Slack and our in our Discord for mm -hmm. people who are interested, uh, you know, in, in clothing and and fashion as well. Because I'm sure there's plenty of people. Yeah, I'm happy what to answer any questions. What days do you broadcast on Twitch? Yeah. Ah, I stream every Thursdays. I call okay. it streaming okay. Thursdays. Okay, Thursday, cool. cool. What time? Well, yeah. And this is this is uh, uh, what's what's UK time? Is that <laughs> GMT? Is that GMT? It's no, BST now. So, oh, okay. British summertime. I stream okay. usually about 8 p.m. British summertime. Okay. Okay, so that's early for us. It'd be that's about good. 2 central, yeah. I think, right now. Perfect. I'm not mistaken. All right. Cool. All right. Well, we Steffi, appreciate thank you so much for being here. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Yeah, appreciate yeah. you taking the time. Uh, Again, uh, check out Steffi online, and uh, you can rate us on iTunes, leave a review. You can uh, subscribe on your podcatcher of choice and help get our ratings up. You can say you've been there, done that, got the t-shirt with the MoGraph logo tee, the Feel the Bab 2020 shirt. All the profits from that go to Doctors Without Borders. We're going to need a 2024 shirt here soon. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the, <laughs> that render is Fire Shirt, which you're only allowed to wear ironically. Unless you're, Unless you're shams. Uh, Render Things t-shirt, hoodie, and long sleeve tee. I forgot to mention that. And then the MoGraph Blandishment <laughs> shirt. 
So get all of that at MoGraph.com. And you can also check us out on YouTube as well. And until next time, we're going to get out of here. I'm Dave. And I'm Matt. And I'm Steph. Have a good one. Later, yo. Pretty good, I guess. MoGraph.com, an online resource for motion graphic artists. Start your week with the MoGraph podcast. Industry news, interviews with your favorite artists, and terrible humor. Watch live shows and interviews from MoGraph events like NAB, SeaGraph, HalfRes, and local meetups. <laughs> Our MoGraph talks feature live demos and motivation from artists all around the world. Sometimes you got to make stuff that you're not going to put on your reel, and I'm not here to judge. What if Rick and Morty show up for the countdown at midnight? That's where I peaked in life, in my career. We gotta stop this thing, Rick! It's gonna kill us all! Hear from the people that create your software, design your render engines, and artists that are changing the face of modern motion graphics. You get that render done. Yeah, you better frame, frame what? MoGraph tutorials and online classes will teach you about Cinema 4D, After Effects, as well as other popular software and render engines. Throw in the HDR Studio, take the render settings, pick the HDR, put a reflection, and gorgeous. Branch into new software, learn time-saving tips, techniques, workflows, and lessons that'll keep you up to date in the world of motion design. Oh, brother, those are some of my favorite elves. I love projects that scare me. When our art director comes to us and asks for something that I had never done before, man, it gets me pumped. Join the conversation in our live sessions. Check out our plugins or join the hundreds of daily active users in our Slack channel for technical help, advice, contests, or just to joke around. Real nice banana. Yeah, that's so funny. All right. I'm going to live forever. <laughs> Subscribe today and get the latest updates on our YouTube and other social media channels. Take all your dreams and just do it. We don't care how you get here, folks. Just get here. Subscribe to MoGraph.com.